Picture this. You run up to the train platform just to see the car doors closing when you reach the top of the stairs. Maybe you're running late for work or for a date with your crush. And there's nothing to do now but wait. You check when the next train's coming, only to see 20 or more minutes on the timer. Sound familiar? Well, it's become a common story for some commuters on the CTA ever since the pandemic began. But how much is service down, really? Well, the Chicago Tribune's transportation reporter, Sarah Freistadt, set out to answer that very question. Welcome, Sarah. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. So I want to start with the basics. What train lines had the highest cuts to their schedules? Yeah, so there were two train lines that uh, on weekday service, so we're talking like heading downtown into your office, mm-hmm. um, they had cuts of more than a quarter to their schedules compared to, to 2019. Those were the brown line, uh, which heads out to the northwest side, and the orange line, which heads out to Midway. And your, your data is based on schedules, right? Correct. What does that mean exactly? So I took a look at uh, how... The scheduled number of trains had changed from 2019 to today. Uh, Of course, you know, we know for a lot of the pandemic, CTA was having trouble running all of its scheduled service, Mm -hmm. uh, which means that, you know, they were actually running fewer trains than than were shown on the schedule for for a lot of the past few years. But recently, those numbers have come a little bit closer together. So the schedules do reflect the actual number of trains running a little bit better now than they used to. I see. I see. Um, So how are the schedules decided? So, uh, you know, CTA, when they were determining where to to make those cuts to the schedules, they told me they looked, uh, among other things, at how frequently trains were running. So uh, lines where trains were running more often, Mm -hmm. um, you know, cutting a little bit there would have been felt less than cutting on lines where trains were running less often. That's what they told me. Um, You know, surely ridership and and patterns, who was taking the train, who's not taking the train, all Mm -hmm. of that factored in. Effectively, I mean, to your point earlier, cutting service, that led to this phenomenon that we heard everybody talking about, ghost buses and ghost trains. Right. So actually, (laughs) cutting the schedules um, may have actually helped with that. Um, Basically, you know, during the pandemic, right, when CTA couldn't run all of its schedules, that's where we got all these like disappearing uh, buses and trains that really frustrated all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, But basically, as CTA has cut back on its schedules, uh, the closer the schedules match the actual service running, the less likely Uh. you are to like mistakenly you know, think a train is coming and, and then it disappears. From Sounds the like it's, it's more realistic. It is more realistic. Exactly. What were you hearing from commuters during your reporting? A lot of frustration. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I I have heard from commuters over the past couple of years who, um, you know, if they have an option other than taking public transit, they're turning to that. Um, people who are thinking about heading into their downtown office to to work for the day, but can't get on a train, turn around and go home. People who are just like, it's not even worth it for me to head into the city anymore. Mm. <laughs> um, some really dire stuff. Yeah, but they're 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 sticking with <laughs> they're sticking with the system because in a lot of cases, that's their only you know opportunity to get around. For a lot of people, yeah, yeah, they really do rely on public transit. And and for other people, you know, even if you have another option, like who wants to drive and park downtown, right? right. Absolutely. <laughs> A uh, big challenge to upping service is the number of CTA workers, right? We heard 
from the CTA itself, the schedules are really dependent on the workforce that they have. Talk to us more about that struggle. Yeah, exactly. So basically the kind of the root cause of all of these service problems is um, not having enough bus or train operators. Right now, um, it's really the train operators that are that are kind of the dire situation. Um, you know, that it is true that that is a nationwide problem. Public transit agencies across the country are facing shortages of operators. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly we are here, too. And I think the question is, is there anything that CTA can or should be doing to to try to up the number of available operators? Yeah. So they're, they're losing people. Um, they talk about how training it takes a while. Right. It's easier for for buses, but it it takes a while, especially when it comes to the L. Right. And uh, wanting to promote conductors uh, from in-house. So, yeah, the that's one of the weird little quirks of of rail service is that CTA only hires train operators from within. So you basically have to um, already be working in like one of two positions on the tracks uh, in order to enter a um, operator training class. Um, and so, of course, you know, that's uh, that's a long pathway to yeah. becoming an operator. Um, CTA does say that their operator classes are full, um, but, you know, there's just a limit to how many operators they can train at one time because they're pulling from their internal ranks. There's, there's limited space, uh, you know, in these classes to train them. Um, and at the same time that they're they're pulling people up and hiring them, yeah. they're facing a big problem with attrition. So people are leaving, you know, just as fast as they can get them up in the operator ranks. Yeah, here's a CTA statement uh, to reset on this. Uh, They said, quote, on the bus side, we've been able to add service as a result of our aggressive hiring efforts. In August, CTA began new bus schedules that added service to six high ridership routes. We have new classes of bus operators uh, grading from uh, in the coming months and graduating in the coming months, rather, and expect to be able to optimize schedules accordingly. End quote. Sure. Um, so we don't know <laughs> what that's going to mean. <laughs> um, they say uh, optimize schedules accordingly. And I guess, um, you know, for now, we, we know that we have not seen service come back on the rail lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we'll see what happens in the coming months. So we know people commute differently. We've talked about that, right? There's folks taking the bus, taking the train, and, and they're doing it uh, differently as compared to how they did it before March 2020, right? Uh, you've been following this for a while, so I'm curious how you see that factor into these schedule changes, just the before times and, and now. Yeah, so obviously work from home is a huge factor in this, right? People who work kind of white collar office jobs, maybe used to go in five days a week, mm-hmm. maybe now they're going in two or three. Yeah, um, hybrid schedules are, are the way. Exactly. And CTA, the train lines, we all know, we all know what that map looks like. It's super focused on uh, the loop, literally, uh, downtown, which is really, you know, serves white collar office jobs. Um, certainly there are, you know, people who who rely on CTA to get out to to jobs that they have to do in person, of course. Um, But, you know, a lot of people who have options uh, about whether to hop on a train and commute in or hop on a bus and commute in are choosing not to. Um, Either they're staying home or they are taking a ride share or they're driving, um, all of which has really serious repercussions for kind of the, the 
makeup of this city and and the like economic vitality of downtown not to sound too dramatic yeah you know something that else that we got from the cta was just in the topic of schedules they said in a statement uh, that they decide on schedules uh, by focusing on ridership numbers the frequency of existing service and equity is that about what you heard as well that is what i heard and i think um you know you can see that if you take a look at the the train lines that maybe had some of the lowest cuts the the pink line which does serve um we know during the pandemic that served a very high number of riders uh more more people stayed on the pink line uh throughout the pandemic than they did on other lines so so that could be one one example of that um you know certainly the the red and the blue line are the two busiest lines mm-hmm. um they saw high levels of cuts, but not the very highest levels of cuts. So um, I think to a certain extent that does track. How do we fit in when it comes to public transit across the country? So, you know, like I said before, um, that operator shortage, it's a real problem. Transit agencies across the country are feeling it. Some are still really struggling, but there are a few agencies that have begun to add back service. you know, I, I'm looking at New York and D.C. Uh, neither of those are at pre-pandemic levels of service, but they are adding back service. And why New York and D.C.? Um, those are big, old, we like, call them legacy transit mm-hmm. agencies. Um, so so they, uh, you know, MTA New York is in the metro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. New York is kind of in its own world out there. But but they're they're decent comparisons to Chicago. Yeah. Um, we also have a big old transit agency. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. And and certainly New York and D.C., they have their own, you know, unique circumstances and situations that, that have affected their ability to add back service. But but they're adding back and we're not. And so that just begs the question, what are they doing that we're not doing and what lessons can we learn from them? We'll leave it there. That's Sarah Freistadt, uh, transportation reporter for the Chicago Tribune, walking us through her data analysis into schedule cuts for Chicago public transit. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you.